Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. The kids are back in school. For some of you, for some of your kids at least, this might be over a month at this point. And with that shift in routines also often means a shift in our budget with extra activities, school pictures, why are they so expensive, and of course, school lunch packing, weeknight dinners, and all the snacks. Add on to that the cost of groceries these days, and it can feel like a serious strain on your wallet with all the extra expenses. So in today's episode, I want to give you some solid tips for hacking your grocery budget this back-to-school season. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way, without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. It is a reality that groceries are more expensive than they used to be, but it doesn't mean you need to spend more than you want to on groceries. Now, when I say want to, you do need to be realistic about your needs, your overall budget, your family size, where you live, and how you want to eat. I have a whole episode on creating a realistic grocery budget for your family's needs, which I will link in the show notes. Most of us, unless we are just one person, are not going to get by with $100 in groceries a month. So we do need to spend some money on groceries, but I don't want you to be spending more than you want or need to on groceries. If you are new to the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast, I love talking grocery budgeting. I'm a longtime personal chef. So when I talk about grocery budgeting, I'm not just talking about budgeting my own groceries. I'm also talking about budgeting my clients' groceries. And many of my clients have a higher grocery budget than I do. But that doesn't mean I can just willy-nilly buy whatever I want to when I'm working for someone. They give me an amount that they want to spend, and I have to keep my groceries that I purchase within those guidelines. So I have been doing this for over a decade, both personally and professionally. And there are so many ways you can eat well and still reduce your grocery spending. 
If you're not sure what you're spending on groceries yet, it's really important to know where you're at before you can start shifting that downward. So my first recommendation is always to track your spending for a few weeks to give yourself a good average of what you're spending now, weekly, or however often you grocery shop. So if you grocery shop every other week, then maybe track for six weeks, divide that by three. So if you're shopping three times, I'm assuming within those six weeks, if you shop weekly, maybe do three or four weeks, divide that between three or four, figure out about how much you're spending weekly. Every week is going to be a little bit different. Sometimes we do a bigger stock up. Sometimes it's just kind of a fill in shop. So getting an average is really important. This can be a huge eye opener and start to shift you in the direction of wanting to make changes when it comes to your grocery spending rather than just being there at the checkout line and going, oh my gosh, how did all of those groceries add up? Because they do add up fast when we're not paying attention. If you want some guidance on keeping track of your grocery spending, click the link in the show notes to download my free grocery spending tracker to start keeping track of what you spend weekly and watch those numbers go down as you start to implement the tips that I'm sharing here. So knowing where you're at is kind of tip number one, but it's always my tip number one. You can't know where you're going unless you know where you're at. So my next tip, my first official tip is if you want to reduce your grocery spending, you know you've got to do it. You've got a meal plan. And not just meal plan, but you need to simplify your meal plan because anything simplified is easier to stick to. So I like to do this with two lists your family favorites list, and your recipes to try list. If you are a longtime listener, you have heard me talk about these before. Your family favorites list is a list of weeknight friendly recipes that your family loves. These are the recipes that get little to no complaints from your family members. When burgers are on the menu, everyone is happy. Or maybe it's spaghetti and meatballs or taco night. For our family, it's DIY Cobb salads, which is absolutely hilarious because other than I think everyone likes meatballs in my house, but not everyone likes them with red sauce. I think the only meal, that and tacos. Those are the two meals in my house because my kids really love base meals. They love a meal where they can put things together themselves. My kids are almost six and almost 10. So write down those meals that everyone is typically happy with. Even if you just have three to five meals to start, you definitely have three to five meals that are your go-to meals that everyone is basically happy with. Write those down. This is the first place you're going to start with your meal plan. Depending on how many ideas or recipes, this doesn't have to be something that's a recipe. It can just be a meal that you make. One of those for us that's also a crowd pleaser in my house is salmon with rice and some sort of veggie that never gets any complaints. Everyone in my family likes all of those things. And it's not necessarily a recipe. I just pan syrup up some salmon, the rice switches up. Maybe sometimes I'll do cilantro lime. Sometimes I'll do coconut rice. Sometimes we just do regular old sticky rice because my family really likes sticky rice. My husband's half Japanese, so that's their preferred rice. Sometimes we do roasted broccoli. Sometimes we do green beans. It kind of mixes, well, we kind of mix it up often, but that is one of the meals that we have on our family favorites list. So depending on how many meals you have on that list, you can start with one or two of these each week when you do your meal plan. That means one to two meals each week are already planned for. You don't need to worry about it. This doesn't mean you need to eat the same meals every week. But if you have four meals on your family favorites list and you choose one of those each week of the month, that's four meals out of the month that you don't have to worry about. If you have eight, you could choose two each week or you could do one a week for eight weeks. It doesn't really matter 
we have a lot of meals that we repeat pretty often because my family's really happy with them. They don't want to eat my five ingredient meatballs every single week, but they'd be happy with them every two to three weeks. The same thing with taco. Well, tacos, they would probably eat every single week. We eat tacos pretty often. Sometimes we mix it up and do tostadas instead, but there's usually some sort of like Mexican or Tex-Mex situation happening at our house at least once a week. So Think about that yourself. Think about those meals that your family enjoys and what they would enjoy eating more often. Variety is important, and we're going to get to that in just a second, but I want you to start here. And whatever way you are meal planning, if you're meal planning for a week or you're meal planning for two weeks or you're doing a rotating meal plan, you are going to start with those family favorites. The second list I want you to create is a recipes to try list. This is where you go and get to be creative. Go onto Pinterest, go onto Instagram where you've saved those millions of recipes and never go back to them. So go to your profile. Oh gosh, now I have to think about where it is on Instagram. I think you go up to like the lines on the side and you go to saved. And did you know you can actually categorize your saved posts into different folders? So you can create a folder of recipes to try if that's where you get your recipes most often. So go follow me at Healthy Mama Chris over on Instagram and uh, save some recipes. And then you can go to the blogs that you love. You can go to your cookbooks, Pinterest, head into the recipe vault on the Healthy Mama Cooking Club because you've joined us in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club, right? You get your first week free. So come join us save a bunch of recipes, check it out. I'll send you weekly meal inspiration to your inbox. And it, there's a meal prep plan and a list of groceries if you want to actually make that your meal plan. But find a whole bunch of recipes that you want to try. And then each week you're going to choose another couple of recipes from that list to add to your meal plan. Now you can choose more family favorites than just one or two. And you can choose more recipes to try than just one or two, because obviously if you're just choosing one family favorite and one recipe to try, you only have two meals that week. And I want you to plan for five. We'll talk about that in a second. But start here. Start with one to two family favorites, one to two recipes to try and fill in from there. It's important whenever you do go ahead and do your meal planning that you are considering what activities you have on what nights of the week. If you are a weekly meal planner, if your schedule changes often, you'll probably do best as a weekly meal planner or bi-weekly meal planner if you can see your schedule two weeks out. But it's, again, it's however you meal plan is up to you, but you need to plan. Because if we don't have a plan, we can't create a strategic grocery list. And creating a strategic grocery list is one of the best ways you can save money at the grocery store. In Healthy Mama on a Budget, I talk about the two main principles of being a healthy mama on a budget, eating well and spending less on groceries. And that is to waste less food and spend less at the grocery store. It's a combination of those two. It's typically not one or the other. If you're struggling with a grocery budget that's too high, chances are you're struggling in one of those areas more than the other, but you can tackle from both angles, reducing the amount of waste that you are producing and also spending less at the grocery store. So you're going to start meal planning. You're going to simplify it with your two lists, your recipes to try list and your family favorites list. And then you are going to just plan for five days a week. This is where wasting less comes in. By only planning for five days, you have two days of flexibility. You have a little bit of wiggle room within your meal plan. You can shift things around if need be. If you decide that you do want to do a pizza night one night 
or takeout or go out to dinner with your family or you get invited to a friend's house or you're doing an impromptu date night, whatever it might be, you can do that and still shift your meals so that you're still eating the things that you put on your meal plan. Over planning is one of the biggest ways I see people waste food. You can also do a night that's a leftovers night or a clean out the fridge night or whatever's in the freezer night as well. I highly recommend this because if you are a family who ends up with leftovers and you don't eat them for lunch, this can be a great way to save money on food. Now, I know not everyone loves leftovers, but still, either way, allow yourself some flexibility within your schedule so you can shift things around if need be. It's also important, tip number three, to check what you have on hand before you go to meal plan, not just before creating your grocery list, but before you meal plan. So you're going to be planning for five days. You're going to reference your family favorites list and your recipes to try list, and you are going to see what you have on hand to use before you plan either the rest of your meals, if you're just maybe choosing one family favorite and one recipe to try. And then you're like, okay, what do we have? What can I create? Maybe I'm going to go on Pinterest and search recipes with cucumbers because I accidentally bought six cucumbers. Or maybe you Instacarted them and six cucumbers came when you meant like six mini cucumbers, whatever it might be. I have cucumbers on the brain, apparently. Don't read into that. So you're going to check what you have on hand. I call this an on-hand list before you create your meal plan with your five meals. Once you have your meal plan, now it is time to create your strategic grocery list, okay? You need to have that plan first because you simply cannot expect to not overspend if you don't have a plan. Sure, you could decide you're gonna go to the grocery store and you're gonna hope for the best. You're gonna buy what you wanna buy, commit to using what you have, and you're not gonna go back that week, but it's not realistic without a plan and then a list. Like I said, we want some flexibility within our plan and you can even have some flexibility within your grocery list too. Oftentimes I just put fruit for the kids on my grocery list if the kids are coming grocery shopping with me and I go, okay, what looks good to you this week for school lunches or breakfast or snacks after school? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're at the grocery store and you see a certain type of meat on sale and you want to either stock up if that's within your budget or you want to switch around the protein you're going to have one night that week, you can do that. Same thing with produce. If there's something in season and it looks absolutely gorgeous, absolutely switch up your plan a little bit. Give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. But you want to start with a plan. It can also be really helpful to do that ahead of time. So to go on whatever app the grocery store might have and check what they're sales might be ahead of time before you go to the store so there aren't surprises and you're not adding extra things to your cart. But if you don't have time to do that, it's okay to have some flexibility, but you do want to start with a plan. So let's create our grocery list and let's do it strategically. I want you to write your grocery list based on store categories. This will make it easier to get through the store faster without adding extras to your list. If you are someone who likes to browse, then absolutely. You can take your time. You can browse, but still create your list so that you are getting what you need, checking it off in each section. And if you want to allow that flexibility, just put fruit for X 
on the list, then you can do that. Snacks for X, you can choose what you want once you get there based on what's on sale and what's appealing to you. But I still want you to be strategic about what you are putting on your list and how much you need. But it is important to note that studies show the longer we spend in stores, the more likely we are to spend money. This is why Target has all of those beautiful end caps. This is called the Target effect. You can look it up. They draw you in. They make you hang out longer and check things out. They're not just appealing to our eyes. They make us stay in the store longer. And so we're more likely to add extra things in the cart. So you're going to create your meal plan. You're going to create a strategic grocery list and you are going to go to the store and you are going to grocery shop as efficiently as makes sense for you. One of the biggest tips I hear when it comes to grocery budgeting in the back to school season is to buy things in bulk. And I agree with this to some extent. I want you to buy things in bulk where it makes sense. If you listen to my episode on my Healthy Mama Grocery Guide to Costco, you can go back and listen to that. I also have a whole episode on bulk buying. I will link both of those in the show notes, or you can just look up Healthy Mama Kitchen Costco or Healthy Mama Kitchen Bulk Buying wherever you get your podcasts and listen to those past episodes. But the number one thing I recommend is to consider before you're buying something in bulk, if you're going to use it up before it goes bad or it goes stale, remember when we throw away food, we're throwing away money. So if it's something your family eats often, think about the ingredients in your family favorites list. What ingredients do you use most often? What snacks do your kids eat the most often? These type of things make sense to buy in bulk. Things like school snacks might make sense to buy in bulk if your kids are going to eat them before they go bad or before they go stale. But if you're anything like my kids, I can buy things in bulk, but I have to make sure that it will go through at least two cycles of their interest around snacks. So if I get them this one type of granola bar, I know that's going to last for a few months. So they'll eat half the box, get bored of it. We'll switch something else in and then we can go back to the other one and kind of alternate in that way. In the same vein, we do not buy big bulk bags of like, you know, crackers or chips, things like that, unless they come in somewhat smaller packages. For instance, Costco has Simple Mills crackers. It's in a big box, but there's two bags in there. So that makes sense for us because we will go through the one small bag in a week before we open up the other one. But if it was a huge bag, they would probably go stale. Actually, probably not those particular crackers in my house. My youngest daughter would eat like a whole box herself if I let her. Um, But there are other things like we bought a huge bulk bag of hip peas one day and I love those and we all love them, but we didn't even get through half of it. And so that wasn't worth it. So buying in bulk where it makes sense is great. If it's something like meat, that you can get a good deal on and you can freeze it and then you can use that in your future meal plans. Remember, we're going to see what's on hand. We're going to see what we have in our fridge. We're going to see what we have in our freezer. We're going to see what we have in our pantry and we're going to plan from that. Then that might make sense to you. So definitely go back and listen to the episodes on Costco. If you have a Costco membership or you're considering getting a Costco membership, I know Costco isn't everywhere. We didn't have it when we were in Rhode Island, but the if that episode doesn't make sense for you, then the bulk buying do's and don'ts will help you out there too. Tip number six, spend more where it matters more and spend less where it matters less. This is up to you. What matters the most to you when it comes to the food that you're buying? Do you want to buy all organic produce? Do you care about grass-fed or organic or pasture-raised meat? 
wild caught fish, things like that. For us, we put the most importance on things like meat and dairy and oils. So we tend to spend a little bit more on those items and we spend less on things like we're not going to buy organic bananas because we peel them. Same thing with avocados. We do buy some produce organic, but not all of it. I would rather eat vegetables than not eat vegetables. And that's my personal opinion. It's whatever works for you. We don't eat all organic grains, but we do try and buy rice from California. So it hopefully has less arsenic. We just have those. We have opinions and you are allowed to have your opinions too. And you are allowed to have your values around food. So consider what your values are around food. If you have values around food that are different than someone else, if you want to eat all organic, then it's going to cost a little bit more than somebody who doesn't eat all organic. You can't expect to be spending the same amount on food. However, you can spend an amount that works for you knowing those values and understanding it might be 15% more if you want to buy all organic, but that matters to you. So consider where it matters, spend your money there, and try and save in those other areas by buying in bulk or finding the best deals eating more seasonally because those, um, at least when it comes to produce, those tend to be a little bit less expensive. Eating locally isn't necessarily the least expensive these days. Like shopping at farmer's markets, as much as I love to support the local economy and we try to go to the farmer's market at least once a month, it isn't necessarily less expensive. However, it does tend to be less expensive to eat the types of produce that grow in your area. It's going to be more expensive if you live in, say, North Dakota, to import avocados versus potatoes. So where you live matters too. Just consider those things. Spend more where it matters more. Spend less where it matters less to you based on your values around food. Tip number seven, have shortcuts on hand for those I can't even nights to avoid takeout. You all, takeout is expensive. Okay, since my husband has been gone for the last five weeks, we have done one night a week where we do some sort of takeout. We DoorDash Chipotle for the three of us, myself, my almost 10-year-old and almost six-year-old. My almost 10-year-old eats enough for an adult, so she gets an adult meal. So two adult meals and one kid's meal. No extras. And it was almost $50 with the Dasher tip. That's insane. And we have like the Dash Pass Pro. So we don't even have it doesn't even cost us anything to have the driver bring it to us. We just tip them. So no delivery fee. And it was still like 48 something. That's a lot. Okay, so for those nights where we plan on it, we plan on it and we have a separate budget for those nights. But we don't want to be stuck spending $50 on dinner more if my husband's here. We're talking closer to 60 if my husband's here, maybe even more than that, because what's a Chipotle bowl now? Like $11.99. It's crazy. So, and yes, you can make those at home. I I fully understand that, but mama needs a break sometimes, right? So it's worth it when it it's worth it. Similar to spending more where it matters more, spending less where it matters less, then those nights where you're just tired and you just can't and you get home late, whatever it is, have some shortcuts on hand in the freezer or in the fridge or in the pantry for those nights where you just are so tired and you don't want to, but you can throw something really quick together to avoid takeout. This can be as simple as our favorite shortcut is popping into Whole Foods, grabbing a Caesar salad kit and a rotisserie chicken. It's like $15 total and that's our dinner. Super easy, less than half the price 
of what we would spend when it comes to actual takeout. But if you don't even want to go to the store, you can have frozen breaded chicken or carnitas and make tacos or just do some crispy chicken tenders with fries like sweet potato fries. The Alexia sweet potato fries are delicious. Maybe roast up some frozen broccoli. I've got a tutorial on my website how to roast up frozen vegetables. It's perfect and easy. And you've got a fairly balanced dinner there and you didn't have to spend money on takeout. So have some shortcuts on hand that your family loves for those I can't even nights. Tip number eight, reduce the packaging. I know, it's convenient, and we also love a good packaged snack for ease, for school lunches. We do a mix of both. So do not think I am on some pedestal over here like I'm like, we never buy any packaged foods and we never buy things individually packaged. However, we do what we can to because we pay for the packaging. The more you can reduce packaging, the better you will notice a difference in your overall budget if you switch to putting things in smaller baggies yourself. We love stasher bags. We even got some reusable bags at Aldi this year. I'm not sure if they're still there. It was a couple weeks ago. But like I mentioned when I was talking about buying in bulk, we don't want to buy large amounts your family won't go through. But buying the slightly bigger bag and dividing it into your own bags or containers is going to be less expensive because you pay for packaging. So just start to be more conscious about how you can reduce packaging. Tip number nine, limit your shopping to once a week. How often can you go to the grocery store for one thing and just buy that one thing? I know it is next to impossible for me. It's next to impossible for my husband. I've never met anyone who can just go, oh, that's not true. I bet my dad can. I bet my dad can go to the store and just buy one thing. I'm going to have to talk to John about this. But other than my dad, I don't know many people who can go to the store and just buy the one thing and leave. Even if you just add one $5 item to your cart twice a week, that's $10 a week or $40 a month. That is $480, almost $500 a year. And you may or may not actually eat those things. If they were extras, they probably weren't needs. And here's the reality check you don't want. If you do buy that box of cookies or crackers or whatever it might be for five bucks and you do eat it, It doesn't mean it's a win because if you already bought something in its place and opened it and that went bad, then you still wasted the money, okay? So unless you're not buying as much as you need at the grocery store, you are probably still wasting in some area. I know it sucks to hear, but you don't want to be wasting $500 a year. Consider what could you do with an extra $500 a year? Consider what you could do if you reduced your grocery spending by just $100 a month. That's it, just $100 a month. What could you do with an extra $1,200 a year? Now, what if you reduced it by $200 a month? What could you do with an extra $2,400 a year? We're getting pretty close to a vacation, right? We used to spend over $1,000 a month on our family groceries for our family of four, and now we spend $600 a month, give or take. That's an extra $4,800 a year we are saving. That's insane. And it's really awesome because it allows us to do things that we wouldn't be able to do if we didn't have that extra money. 
we travel a lot more now. This last year, we decided to travel more with my husband. And now my older daughter has started sailing and she is going to be sailing competitively, which means we have to travel with my husband when he travels with his team whenever she's also sailing. And when we travel, obviously we have travel expenses. My husband does have some of some of his expenses covered, but ours aren't covered. And we like to explore new places, try new things, eat food, drink the drinks. And so we are able to do that. We're able to do more of those things that light us up and bring us joy and still eat really delicious, nourishing meals. So avoiding those extras as much as possible is one of the best ways you can do this. And finally, tip number 10, pay attention to your family's eating habits. How often are you wasting food or throwing away unused food? This is a hard reality check, but it might be an opportunity to adjust your meal plan to use more leftovers or focus on being more strategic with your grocery list. Maybe you cut down on the serving sizes that you make in a meal or you start taking leftovers for lunches instead of making different lunches and letting those leftovers go bad in your fridge. Or you freeze half of the food and then you use it for another meal later. There's so many different ways you can reduce that food waste. So remember, the two main principles of eating well and spending less are waste less and spend less. It comes from two different areas. So you've got to start meal planning. Simplify it with your family favorites list and your recipes to try list. Plan for just five days. Allow for some flexibility. Check what you have before creating your list. Create a strategic grocery list. You can spend less time at the grocery store. Buy in bulk where it makes sense, so you're not throwing away extra, but you are saving where it makes sense to save. Spend more where it matters more to you, and spend less where it matters less to you. Have shortcuts for those I-can't-even nights to avoid takeout. And then remember, when we get takeout and we don't eat what's in the fridge, we end up wasting food, so sometimes it's a double whammy. Reduce packaging as much as possible. Limit your grocery shopping to once a week and pay attention to your family's eating habits. It will show you where you might be wasting a little bit and where you might be able to make some of those adjustments to save however much you can save on groceries. And let me tell you, the women in my Healthy Mama on a Budget course have saved an average of $300 to $500 a month on their groceries in the first six weeks of implementing the strategies in Healthy Mama on a Budget a lot of which are the ones that I shared with you today. Now, if you don't know what Healthy Mama on a Budget is and you found these tips helpful and you want a solid system for reducing your grocery spending for good, I just reopened the doors to Healthy Mama on a Budget for a limited time. You'll learn how to create a budget that actually works for your family, how to create awareness around your spending and the steps to shift it, how to simplify meal planning and find a meal planning style that fits your life, how to learn to shop your kitchen, including creating meals from pantry and freezer staples, how to determine if sales are worth it, the do's and don'ts of bulk buying, how to cook with budget in mind, how to use real food to your advantage for boosting your family's health and lowering your grocery spending, and so much more. It also includes my best-selling budget kitchen guide and over 20 budget-friendly family recipes. So head to healthymamachris.com budget to learn more. Doors are open for a limited time, but even if you Never step foot, virtual foot, into Healthy Mama on a Budget. These tips I shared with you today will absolutely 
help you to reduce your grocery budget. Now is the best time to work on your grocery spending, especially because we are coming into the holiday season sooner rather than later. Now is the time where you're getting into a routine with school. You can get into a routine with your meal planning and your grocery spending, and you can feel good come the holidays and come the new year. I have full confidence that these tips I shared with you today will help you to eat well and spend less, even with the craziness of kids in school. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes to download my free grocery spending tracker to start with that awareness of what you're actually spending. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. You'll never miss an episode. I want to see you here next week. We are talking about strategies for reducing your time in the kitchen. We have a mini series coming up on making meals easier, even though that's kind of the overall theme of this podcast. That's what's coming up this month. As always, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I appreciate you so much. Until next time, happy spending. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mentioned, head to HealthyMamaChris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.